0: on tonight's episode. For a change, we start with the Farmers League as and lose the plot, we take a look at the Premier League title race, and we look forward to the Chelsea Liverpool Carabao Cup final. All this and much more in the Toki podcast. <laughs> Hello listeners, welcome to the latest edition of the Toki podcast. We have... A relatively diverse panel today, two United fans, one Liverpool fan and one Chelsea fan. That's basically the diversity we can bring to you in terms of club support. Um, So that's fully on display here. Uh, We have Ashwin, we have uh, RK and we have Radhaji. Hello boys, how have you been? We haven't talked in a while and a lot of things have been happening around the world of football, including Bayern Munich not being top of the Bundesliga. I think we have to give Ashwin a 10-minute session where he can explain to us mortals how this has happened and why it's not a farmer's league, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, uh, starting with uh, Radhaji. Radhaji, what's your talkie point?
1: Yeah, I'm going to leave the... Uh, I think we, we haven't caught up in a couple of weeks, so Leverkusen Bayern was going to be mine, but Darwin Yuness stole the show for me. Uh, that goal that he scored against uh, one-on-one with the keeper two-on-one with the keeper and uh, decides to chip a keeper who's standing fully upright Uh, just i mean that guy is hard to understand (laughs) he just uh, gets uh, gets everybody's heart in their mouth all the time but superb finish Uh, just nobody could have hit it better than he did Uh, so yeah just typical darwin when you he does things the weird way an amazing goal uh, got us running on a in a tricky game against brentford uh, he's actually in some good form although he's not stopped missing he's in some decent form overall so yeah good for him then i hope he keeps coming up with these so darwin is my talking moment
0: yeah, I never thought I would say this, but the way you explained it to me, it reminded me of a Salman Khan dialogue, which said, uh, which says, "मैं दिल में आता So, exact Davin Nunes is, is exactly the same thing. You can't understand him. You can just feel his expressions and his chipping of standing up keepers. It, it,
2: it, that that's I don't know why that reminded me of Lord Bender. So for some reason, I think that 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 dialogue is very applicable to him also. But I think it was it was a good goal. Like let's let's give credit to Darwin.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's evolving, as Darwin said. Anyway, RK, uh, what's your talking point?
3: It's a lot of good results uh, this weekend from a United point of view. One of them was uh, Wolves spurs so I think that's the talkie Taka jinx working against Spurs we picked up Spurs last uh you know in the last spot saying that they are going to finish top four favorites for top four great positivity resilience and all and uh, you know there you go Spurs end up losing to Wolves uh I found uh so my talkie moment of the week is this uh the the Wolves second goal, it was a very uh, you know old fashioned counter especially Pedro Neto's very very high pace is my talkie moment. The way that he sprints, and I think the person trying to catch up with him was also seemed pretty fast, but Neto ended up out sprinting him, cutting the ball back, and uh, there's Joe Gomez running in at almost full pelt, and he blasts the ball in. I think that's that's a great, uh, you know, very very one dimensional, old fashioned counter goal, and that takes my moment of the week.
0: Yeah, and next is Ashwin. Ashwin, what's your talking point?
2: Yeah, I think, I think for me it has to be, um, uh, the non-premier league related as is usually the case. Uh, so Bayern losing the plot versus, uh, Leverkusen initially followed by Lazio followed by Bokum. So I think it's not the best time to be a Bayern, Bayern Munich fan. It's not a, not the best time to be a, um, uh, Tuchel supporter also because he has had these moments even at Chelsea and Swag you will probably vouch for that uh, I think what this this has meant is that uh, Leverkusen are deservedly at, at the top of the Bundesliga and I was reading this uh, stat I think it was before the Leverkusen game um, and everyone was like oh Leverkusen have this really good chance of winning the league uh, um, and Bayern actually have the most number of points as the second place team in the Bundesliga up till the Bayern Leverkusen game, uh, Leverkusen game, it's not the case anymore because Bayern have lost one more game. Uh, but Bayern were, you know, getting in the points, but they lost to Leverkusen. Uh, so it's uh, set up like a uh, set up a really nice next 11-12 games where Leverkusen actually have a chance to win the win the Bundesliga, which Dortmund frustratingly did not do last time out.
0: Yeah, it's okay. We can. We don't care who slays the beast as long as the beast gets slayed. So, or the crops get farmed or whatever the. Correct metaphor is uh, my talking point is uh, not Premier League related. There's there isn't much that happened. Chelsea drew a game. arcade feels like that should be my talking point, uh, but I, I'll refrain from that. Uh, Rangers being top of the Scottish Premiership is something which is surprising, and um, they're two points. Uh, they've got a two points lead over Celtic, so that's that's something interesting. Um, but yeah, let's let's explore this uh, Bayern Bayer thing uh, a bit more. And Ashwin obviously. As our resident Bundesliga expert, we want to come to you about this. But before we do, like this is what happens: you you take Kane and you put him against (laughs) Komen. So, So. Koeman has never lost a league title in his career. He Every season, he's been the champion. Kane has never won a trophy in his career. One of the streaks was going to end. It's like Undertaker versus
3: Undertaker 21-0. And, Spurs, Spurs always wins. Or Spurs and, always loses.
0: And even then, if you look at it, Kane was scoring shitloads of goals. Everything was fine. What did Tuchel do? He went out and bought another Spurs player and as soon as Eric Dyer enters the Bayern locker room they've lost three games they've started dropping points now Tuchel's job is at risk and yeah so homage to Ab who's not here today but uh, yeah you add too many Spurs players and the place goes to shit
3: Ashwin what's happening uh, why is this happening you know this this, uh, you know reminds me of our Germany trip uh, you know a few years back Where we had gone for Oktoberfest and, uh, you know, we ended up breaking the ice with a German couple. And they were Hamburg fans. And uh, obviously, we all started bitching about Munich in Munich. uh, And, you know, where they were saying that the whole of Germany hates them. So, I can imagine how how happy the rest of Germany would be feeling right
2: now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like, Man United is probably the most loved and the most hated teams in, in England as well. So... I think it uh, it comes with the fact that Bayern Munich obviously win everything there is to win domestically. Um, this season has been a funny one because obviously with Harry Kane um, signing, everyone thought that you know the the Bundesliga is a given. Of course, they 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 struggled last season with Nagelsmann, um and and then you know won the title towards the very end with Tuchel coming in. Uh, but this season has been a really funny one because. Uh, Sane, Koman and Kane have otherwise been really good and Kane has been scoring a lot of goals. But Leverkusen have just been so much better. Like They they were my uh, team of the year when we did the awards as well. Um, Javi has really, really brought in something really new uh, to that Leverkusen team. Uh, Don't forget two years back they were almost on the verge of relegation. so i think a credit goes to javi a lot uh the organization um, that uh, oh sorry i said javi i meant javi javi alonso not javi um the organization uh the 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 field of play the way they dictate the game everything is just is just top notch and it comes with the fact that javi himself was such a organized player and he could like make everything tick in terms of buy-in, i think I think I still would argue they're going through this rough patch. Uh, they've lost back-to-back-to-back games. Uh, there are a lot of negative rumblings coming out from the Bayern camp. In fact, I think two days back, um, there were some rumours that Kane is not happy with how he's being played. Now, like, all of these things come up and things are not really going your way. I still feel that Bayern would come back, whether they can close that eight eight-point gap. I don't know. I hope they don't. But I still feel that, you know, Tuchel hasn't done as bad a job as people are saying that he has.
3: You know, Leverkusen, however, uh, uh, Ashwin was commenting on their, uh, you know, how they, uh, you know, control the position and, uh, you know, how they press. I think that was very, very impressive. That was the first time I was watching Leverkusen in depth. Maybe I had seen a few highlights before, but a full game that was the first time i have seen them and it was very very impressive uh, you know uh, like the patterns that they have building up the movement that they have so so when one person receives the ball there's always constant a movement ar- around him you know trying to find space so it's very easy for a player to find someone in, in space and try to uh, you know move the ball forward so and they are very uh, like like a you know typical spanish manager they are pretty obsessed about Controlling the ball, controlling the game, tactically, you know, very aware. Uh, Off the ball, uh, at least against Bayern, they weren't really pressing high. But it was uh, like the off the ball shape was also very, very impressive. Uh, They were closing down a lot of space in midfield. Bayern were, you know, struggling to kind of pass forward at times. And they were trying to go around. And, uh, you know, there also they ended up running into, uh, you know, completely blind alleys. So, even though Bayern had more of the ball, it felt like... Completely harmless and, you know, buyer were just uh, kind of waiting for them to do something stupid, get the ball and then, you know, then they would either control the game and they also had a very good sense of when to counter and, and you know, very, very fast players uh, who could, uh, you know, uh, basically counter. So, I think all in all, they have built a very good team. They have very good centre-backs, all of them very athletic, fast. Wing-backs are all, you know, we have, uh, 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 you know, seen a lot and read a lot about... Uh, how Grimaldo is, uh, you know, is having an out-of-the-world season in terms of stats. So, I think he's really built a very young uh, kind of team, very enthusiastic and he's put some good experience in there. Also, the likes of Zaka, you know, uh, you know they bring in that experience from other clubs that they have been at. So, I, and of course, Alonso being uh, great that he is. At, so, somehow, they have found that, uh, you know, great blend. Uh, so, I think uh, Alonso all set for Liverpool then, probably, the way that he's going. Yeah.
1: So I was, I was just, the most impressive thing about this entire game was that it was such men versus boys kind of stuff in the entire game. Bayern couldn't lay a glove on them. Whatever Bayern were doing with the ball, it was like, as per design, <coughs> they had it in the areas where Leverkusen was just like comfortable with them. And then they just slowly, they just switched the play like so effortlessly and suddenly two, three passes here and they're through on goal. It was just incredible to watch. You just dismantled Bayern. It wasn't a counter-attacking performance. It wasn't like a sit-back, absorb pressure and then hit them on the break at all. It was just so controlled and dominant. That was the shocking part to me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's something serious. Uh, you never know in in Bundesliga there have been teams who have been leading in the mid, mid-term of the season and Bayern have still ended up winning the league. So you never know. But I don't think I've seen a team so like... Dominant in a game versus Bayern Munich, uh, so yeah, I mean, incredible game. Just really eye opening that uh, uh, that a team that's not level Dortmund under Klopp or under Tuchel has you know really smashed Bayern. That's that significantly. So yeah, like more power to him. And yeah, I would like I said last episode, I would be totally happy if he comes to Anfield. You know, uh,
3: like I was just reading about Leverkusen, and uh, the funny thing was. Uh, in Germany, they are called Leverkusen. So, you know, Leverkusen are the spurs of Germany. They have never won anything. I think the uh, like, like trophy count is completely zero. So, so that was one funny thing I read. But, you know, talking of Bayern, I, I thought, uh, like, okay, they lost to, you know, well-beaten by Leverkusen, but I didn't expect at all what followed. I, I expected them to beat Lazio and Beauchamp, obviously, you know, should have been an easy game for them. So... Didn't at all expect Bayern to come, uh, you know, fall into this kind of a slump. But as Ashwin said, that's happened with Tushel in the past as well. So,
2: yeah, and the the team that they're going to face next is actually Leipzig. So it's not an easy, easy fixture by any means. Um, I think uh, if I go back to the Lazio game, because I watched parts of it, um, they have been pretty wasteful. uh, They were, sorry, very wasteful in that game as well. Musiala missing. A really good chance. Kane missed a few chances as well. Uh, and then, um, was it Dio, Dio Opamakano who got the red card? Um, he did get it over the weekend. So, it's back-to-back red card for him also. So, it's, yeah, things are definitely not going his way. But like, you know, it can all change. It can all change very easily. But at this point, I think Leverkusen definitely favourites.
0: Yeah, imagine Kane moving to Bayern Munich thinking, this way I'll definitely win a title. And guess who turns up to ruin his parade? It's Granit Xhaka from Arsenal. (laughs) Um, Talking of uh, Arsenal, uh, they had a comfortable win. I would actually say that Arsenal were the biggest winners of the weekend, not because of the margin that they beat Burnley by, but by the fact that they won comfortably. And unlike Liverpool, they didn't have any injuries to boot from the game and City drop points so uh, Arsenal looked pretty comfortable I, I mean Burnley didn't pose much of a threat they look set to go back to the championship despite the way Vincent Company and his men were hyped up before the season like they will they will comfortably finish mid-table because they were so amazing in the championship and doesn't look like things have um, ended up this way so any thoughts on Arsenal or Burnley
3: 11 goals without an answer, Uh, you know that's you know fantastic. And uh, uh, like we have talked about, Arsenal lacking you know real goal scorers in a few games this season. We talked of how uh, you know I think it was November, December where we were talking about uh, the highest goal scorer from Arsenal is having only seven goals or six goals around, and that's not enough if they want to keep competing. Uh, we were talking of Jesus not having enough, talking of Saka not, uh, you know, being in the best form, Martinelli. But all that has changed completely in the last few games. Uh, they, uh, You know, they have kind of slowly revved into gear and now the last couple of games has been a complete blitzkrieg. Saka, if you look at his stats count now, it's almost, I think his season tally looks something like 15 goals, 13 assists or something like that. So, what he's done in uh, the last 7-8 games is uh, outstanding. Is, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, we were talking of Saka not being in best in, in the best form, but probably this is going to easily end up being his best season. So, similar to Saka, other people have also, you know, put on fireworks, Martinelli, Declan Rice.
1: Yeah, and complete opposite to last season, they are absolutely peaking at the right time. Last season, of course, they started the season right on top. They were looking amazing. This season, they stayed within touching distance of the top without really looking convincing and over the last it's just it's just incredible the way that they've peaked at the right time i think they and the best part about it is they started with that defensive solidarity the base uh, where they've always looked really stable at the back and we were all saying that attacking they're not convincing i know that they've had a few um, easy games uh, also as in in the last few games but west ham and um, liverpool were definitely not easy and they absolutely dominated those games. One could argue that West Ham is going through a really rough patch, but Liverpool—they dominated. Liverpool was also a, form, a team in form, uh, but then smashing West Ham and Burnley the way they did. I think. I think. I was writing them off, saying that City are definitely going to be the far and out uh, um, favorites for this for the league, but Arsenal definitely look like they're at least keeping pace with whoever's on top. So I think faltering city at the weekend, Liverpool also winning and Arsenal just dominating. It's going to be a pretty touch and go uh, title race for sure.
0: I'll, I'll hold my hand up and say that, I mean, I think it was the last episode just before the West Ham one where I said, Oh, okay. I don't think Arsenal are in the race anymore. It's just a two horse race and they've proven me wrong. They seem like they're in the vicinity, at least they're in the conversation. And... Um, and City, despite dropping the points that they did this weekend, they still, because of their track record, they still feel like the favourites for me. That, okay, regardless of what's happening at Arsenal, what's happening at Liverpool, uh, City is a juggernaut that you cannot break. Okay, maybe there will be an odd draw here or there. But to me, it still feels like, okay, this is still cities to lose it would have to take some more of these occurrences for something like this to happen. Um, we we had a very good performance by De Sassi where he controlled Haaland so that Haaland basically didn't really have a good game. But how many of these games will we end up ha- having during the season where City draw a blank and, end up having to rely on Rod Reel, just like the Champions League final, just like the reverse fixture in, earlier in the season as well. So, I, I do agree that Arsenal are in the conversation, but it still feels like the Avengers are still out for blood.
3: Swag, like you you talked of Disassi controlling Haaland, but uh, Haaland ended up having 1.82 xG, so... You know, no, it you was just to control a control them, and even then they produce almost two XG by a single player. So that shows how there was how no to
1: beat there it. was no control. Haaland absolutely had should have had a hat trick. There's no two ways <laughs> about it. There were two two headed chances, which I can't believe the way he gets it's up for headers. It's, literally, it's scary, man. It's scary. And then there was one where they crossed it to him, and he was like, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't feel like Haaland was stifled. I felt like it was just Haaland's off day. That's all. His finishing was uh, really, uh, really poor, of course, and uh, of course,
2: of course, faster. it was a, of course it was a off day because everyone fucking triple captain Harlan over the weekend, right? So including he, yourself,
0: he I assume. <laughs> okay. That's
2: Awkward. where that's
1: where you guys missed the trick. I triple captain, triple captain him <laughs> way back when he was subbed off on forty-five minutes. That's what the real G's do.
2: <laughs> okay. But 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 you know, uh, looking at looking at Arsenal's fixture list, right? So if you if you look at the whatever thirteen fourteen games that we have left, uh, they only face Newcastle at home and Manchester City away, uh, which are like the which are like the tough games, if I can call it that. Uh, City still have to play Liverpool. They still have to play Arsenal. Liverpool have to play Man United. If I, I mean, it's Man United so- away. I know.
1: Actually, so, I was looking at the same thing, Ashwin, they've got, so all all three teams have got Spurs and United. So Spurs and United are going to be potential kingmakers in this. And uh, the other interesting thing is City uh, play both teams. So Arsenal and Liverpool, of course, are done, but City play both teams. So there's a real, like, exciting uh, few fixtures coming up. I, I think Newcastle and Aston Villa aside, I'm keeping them aside for now. Spurs and United, I think, are tricky. United, because of generally the form that they're in, they're, they're able to score goals. And Spurs, you never know what's going to happen. So, those two, I think, are also tricky fixtures.
3: Yeah, I, I think the good thing is a lot of these away games are now become tough. So, it's, it's not easy. Uh, I think Arsenal have already gone to Villa Park and lost. But, you know, those kind of grounds are not at all easy to go. So, whoever has, has still to go to Newcastle, still to go to Villa Park, I think those kind of places are is going to be pretty tough. Even Brighton at times.
0: I think uh, Newcastle and Villa are proving to be very blow hot, blow cold this season. Like Villa seem to be on a downward spiral right now. Okay, they they won this weekend, but it doesn't feel like they, they're as convincing as they were before when they actually ended up being like one point or two points from the top of the table. Uh, but yeah, I I agree with Rada that this. Combination of Spurs and United will probably end up um, deciding the title. The way it goes. Uh,
2: what are your it thoughts about means, Liv- Sorry, go ahead. It also means we. It also means we are fucked if we have to play all these teams, right? Like, <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Uh, if if they want to like um, depend on United to win the title, uh, good luck to them.
3: You know, just just because we were talking of strikers. Uh, talking of Haaland and uh, Watkins, so because we missed last week's pod, I wanted to mention Haaland's uh, finishes against Everton. That was very typical, you know. Halland goals, one where he just instinctively shoots from his right foot, blasted into the net, and then the second goal is I think even more typical of him, where you know he's he's running in behind, and uh, <clears throat> you know he's up against a very strong defender. At least he looks pretty strong to me, and he just brushes him off. And then finishes it into the net. So, Halland is still you know, having his off games but uh, producing what Halland does. And Watkins, interesting thing about him is he has 13 Premier League goals. But he also has uh, 10 assists. So, Watkins has developed into a completely all-round uh, striker.
0: Yeah, Wat- Watkins will be cursing his luck. Because the moment he becomes this complete finisher and complete forward for... Perfect for Southgate's England... Uh, Tony comes back and starts scoring and assisting. So the easy way out is not possible yet.
2: You, you know why Watkins has started scoring again?
0: Because you took him out of your team? Of course.
2: Yeah, that's the reason.
0: <laughs> okay, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? Uh, Radha, you were obviously cribbing about a lot of injuries happening. So the win came at a great cost to the team. What's happening?
1: Really, really bad situation. Um, We already had a few injuries uh, before the start of the game. Dominic Sabozla is out. Trent is out. Allison is out. Allison was a real shocker. The day before the match, he was announced that he's got a strain. Um, Really, really annoying thing was that Diogo Jota's like seen a pretty bad injury. Uh, There was a real worry that it was going to be one of those horrible ligament tears which will last six, eight months. But Luckily, it seems like it's going to be a two-month kind of situation. It it could have been like a proper eight-month or six-month. looking at what just the pictures of what happened in the uh, in the match. So yeah, he's going to be out for two months. I think Curtis Jones, who's another player who's been on farm, um, out for at least two three weeks. I think uh, they both of them left the stadium on crutches. Uh, Jota, spe- especially man, like there's no doubt about it. In in Mo, Mo- Salah's absence, he's the guy who's really carried this attack. Uh, he's created this really good uh, partnership with uh, Nunez as well. Uh, and both of them have been really playing off each other. Just look at the assist for the Nunez goal as well. I mean, the Nunez goal in itself was just... Obviously, everybody talks about the goal. But it's a 40-50 yard aerial ball which he's watching from behind. Looking back behind his neck and then perfectly timed header right into Nunez's path for, for basically a tap-in. Um, that guy is so intelligent and he just wins us so many points. Uh, I think we're going to miss his characteristics. Uh, not, we have attackers, I think we have Cody Gakpo, we have obviously Mo Salah's back and you can't underestimate the impact of that. But Jota is so unique in what he brings the team. So he's going to be a big loss. Midfield, hopefully Subozlai comes back in a couple of, maybe in a couple of games. So hopefully we won't feel the pinch of Curtis Jones so much until he's back. Uh, But yeah, they're really adding up now. We have like eight, nine proper injuries out. So uh, it's going to be challenging correctly when we're going to start playing the Europa League again. And I don't think we have another seven-day or six-day gap between games till the end of the season. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenging one. But I have to say, after the second goal that we scored, uh, including the second goal, it was a superb piece of play. They played amazingly. Like some of the one-touch play and some of the, the passing and movement, just outstanding. Of course, we conceded because I think that's the way we've been for a large part of the season. We've we've never looked like a team that is convincingly going to keep another team out. But attack-wise, we were there for it. And uh, a slightly tricky team, Brentford, even though they lost last week as well quite heavily. Uh, but yeah, got over the line quite well, played superb football, can't complain about that aspect. Just a bit worried about the injuries now.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think we were discuss uh, we were discussing about Alonso and the winning mentality, and of course Liverpool have that as well. Um, and it's it's amazing how Liverpool have been able to cope up with all the injuries that they've, they've got. They've had Andy Robertson injured. They've had um, Trent injured at some point. Salah gone on. Afcon then injured. Uh, I think Nunes was missing for a while as well. Jota now missing, um, and they just keep coming up with the goods, right? Like who the fuck is Bradley like I had never heard of him and he and he has like such 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 a good game like not just with Brentford like even before uh, was it the Chelsea game where he, he scored a goal or something and he got an assist um, and uh, you know and then just like ballers everywhere in the team man like you have um, like Curtis Jones gets injured Gravenberg came on for him, if I'm not wrong, and then he he had a he had a good game. He scored as well. Um, Nunes with the amazing goal that we that we spoke about at the very beginning. I think it's it's just that mentality. Whether it is enough to take them through. With all the injuries, I don't know. But they're definitely going to be there until the very end, It's what I
3: think. Yeah, I think the interesting yeah. thing is, uh, you know, they have got people to step up. So, probably now it's Gakpo's turn, you never know. It's pro- maybe his turn to now step up, score a few goals for the next couple of yeah. months. And and,
2: and I had totally forgotten about Luis Diaz, actually. Because last season, he spent the bulk of the time injured. And, um, you know, obviously his father was kidnapped as well. So, he had... Personal reasons for missing out earlier in the season, so like there's just people who step up. RK, like you said, and that's just a sign of a really good team.
1: Yeah, I just one name that uh, often gets uh, missed. Uh, I think Joe Gomez has been absolutely incredible this season. Like, like you mentioned, the injuries to Robertson, Simicas also was injured, so we didn't have a left back uh, at all in the squad. Um, and of course, Trent got injured, and before Connor Bradley was back, so he was actually out on loan last season. He did really well. People thought of him immensely in the team. He was outstanding in preseason, then got injured. So there was a lot of hope for him at the start of the season, then he got injured. But Joe Gomez has literally been covering right-back, center-back and left-back this season. And he's been one of the most consistent players in the team. So all the names that you mentioned, Connor Bradley stepped up out of nowhere. Another name that uh, has really stepped up is Harvey Elliott. I mean, I don't know what the guy needs to do to start a game. But he comes off the bench in so many games and just changes the game. It's it's incredible. So, Harvey and Curtis Jones have been revelations this season. So, a part of the whole midfield restructuring and all of that. The start of the season, the two of them didn't get a lot of playing time. But as time has gone on, injuries and uh, Endo as well has really stepped up. So, every single player, I, I think I mentioned it in the first four or 4-5 weeks of the podcast. that This is actually, I think, the best Liverpool squad I've seen in my time as a Liverpool fan. Uh, usually when we go to those carabao cup and fa cup games we really like the the step down from the in the team selection that we have is just uh like it's just a totally different team they play a different way everything is disjointed like when you go to a shakiri and an origi and uh, uh you know danny Ings and that kind of thing you can really see the step down there's no step down right now in this squad i think all of them are contributing they're all different but they're all contributing at a high level so yeah, superb squad, superb mentality. Of course, they've shown it a few times this season. There's just a little something there which I think that they're missing that Arsenal has in their absolute solidarity. Uh, you, When you watch the team, you feel like they can be got at. Whereas I don't get that feeling when I watch uh, Arsenal. And I'm saying Arsenal specifically because even Man City this season looked like they can be got at. Arsenal actually look like the one who's most dependable when it comes to a defensive stability point of view this season.
2: Rather, you were talking about all the injuries and you forgot about the injury to the second-best goalkeeper after Petr Cech, uh Alisson. <laughs> he has been injured as well. Thoughts I mentioned
1: I mentioned it. Uh, so, he's... Uh, luckily, we have a really good number 2. I think uh, Kelleher is one of the better number 2s out there. But he's no Alisson. I really thought he was going to get bullied by Brentford with their set pieces and all of that. But he pulled out two incredible saves in the game. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a really good keeper. I think he would have started at the cup final even if Alisson was fit. Uh, he did that a couple of years ago as well. Um, so, I mean, he's good, but man, I can't. I'm counting the days until we have Ali back.
3: You know, Swag almost got got through this entire section, uh, not talking about Chelsea, which is what he wanted to do, except for that one misguided comment about Disasi. Hey, he won, he won, won know, the man of the match. match. Okay. So, but Swag, I mean, why are you so you know shy about talking of Chelsea? Come on, they put up a good performance, almost beat City. My friend was remarking that if it hadn't been for uh, some tactical very defensive mindedness from Poch, you probably deserve to kind of end up you know winning that match. So suddenly there's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to jinx or anything, uh, just genuinely saying that you know there seems to be an upturn, couple of really important results, if not performances. What's happening behind the scenes?
0: Let and the me toughest set the to play, play against as well. Let me set the record straight. The last time RK said Chelsea are on a roll, we lost the next two games. Okay? Yes, <laughs> That's like Sorry. four games ago. <laughs> and after that, we've had Crystal Palace and now we've had City. So we won one game out of four ever since RK said that. Okay, let me rephrase that. Second, hey, come on. Villa in the FA Cup. okay. In the league, I mean. Uh, then uh, coming to the performance, we have people who have started to come back, so that has impacted the performances. We have a relatively better backline compared to what we had uh, like a month and a half ago. Uh, for some re- for some reason, Chilwell is actually being played as a wing back and not as a winger that uh, Poch was doing at the beginning of the season before Chilwell's injury. Caicedo and Enzo are gelling well together and they seem to be more comfortable. There was some news and rumours about Enzo potentially leaving Chelsea, um, that he's in the market to go to another place. Two things on that. Who's going to buy out the eight and a half year contract? Second, uh, if I don't know who needs a hundred, 110 million central midfielder and has the money for it right now. In this market, currently everywhere you look, everyone's... Kangla, so no one has the money to do that Uh, but yeah because of these things Nkunku was not good um, over the weekend but generally he's he's proven to be useful Nico Jackson ever since his return from AFCON has been better he's he's taking more uh, cleverer decisions if I can say that so yeah generally things are looking upward but as I said before we started recording we win we're 10th we lose we're 10th we draw with 10th so i don't think it's going to make a difference this season plus okay between 7th and 11th or 7th and 12th it's it's like two or three points so you could end up in a conference league spot by the end of the season if if things fall um, our way but we'll see i think it's it's too early to say that chelsea have turned the corner because that's something that keeps happening every time we win and then we lose again so yeah
3: I'm, I'm, but but you know i'm just happy that whenever pep does This arrogant, you know, pricking of opponents and he ends up dropping some points or you know his performances aren't great, it it always feels good because that was so deliberate.
2: I don't I don't think it's arrogant at all. It reminds me of you, RK. It's like jinxing. It's plain jinxing. He's like he's like basically saying that. This is you know a really tough team to beat, and then sometimes it works Spash, most dude. of the times it works and some yeah.
3: and sometimes sometimes it doesn't you know it's it's fair to do some jinxing when you have a shit ass team when you have <laughs> the best team in the world when you just won the treble and if you still feel the need to jinx i think he's just insulting his opponents
0: Okay, I I think uh, we don't need an FPL section this week because Ashwin has been peppering the full episode with his tips about uh, who to pick and who to avoid. But I want to talk about the shit-ass team, apparently, who's on a roll, who's, what, fifth, sixth? And f- the form team of the league, okay, you scraped past Luton, but many teams have scraped past Luton this season. Like, you scored two goals within the first seven minutes, and... I look at the group and it's like, oh my god, this is happening, that is happening. It almost felt like you you were losing three nil or four nil. What is this arrogant behavior? What is this RK? What is this Ashwin? Talk to us about uh, United.
3: You know, it's not good for the heart swag. That's why all of us are you know so tense, nervous, commenting on the game because it's like a tennis or a basketball match ball just keeps going from one end to the other, there's nothing happening in, in the centre of the pitch. You know, that, that explains all the uh, high heart rate and the tension. But you know, like good things first. Uh, so, Hoylun is in an exceptional uh, patch of form. He's uh, kind of scored in six consecutive games, probably needs to start uh, taking more shots or rather People need to be able to you know present him with more chances. The number of shots he takes per game is still uh, is, is quite low, even if you compare it to the Premier League average. But the xG per chance that he creates is very very high, and now he started converting those chances, and he's kind of in this in this run as you would expect. His uh, you know far outperforming his xG as well. So Hoilun has been a big uh, you know big uh, bonus for us. Uh, everyone was talking about his promise, his potential. Now we are able to see that, okay, it can actually translate into actual performance. And he's helped us uh, with the game state, right? So in most of the games, he, he his goal has come early, uh, you know, very early in the game and allowed us to, for whatever, 10 minutes, 2 minutes, 3 minutes, allowed us to lead the game as well. So, you know, in that sense, it at least gives us something to fall back on when the chaos starts. But... You know, even though we end up scoring one goal, two goals, it doesn't really help because we, whatever happens, we come back into this uh, complete, you know, uh, boxing match, slugfest, whatever you call it, uh, you know, where we lose all control and it becomes very chaotic. So, I think that's that's the, you know, pain of the United fans right now. They want to see a team who is able to control the game, especially when the game state helps them. But the team is either unwilling to or... uh, you know, not uh, prepared to kind of control the game. So, I think we talked about it in a lot of detail yesterday after the game. But, yeah, that's that's why you see us ranting, right? So uh,
2: yeah, I think, see, uh, ultimately it comes down to luck as well, right? I think apart from the West Ham game where... I won't say we were dominant because we West Ham still had more shots on target than us. Aside from that game, every game has been so close and like it could have gone either way. So, the Luton game as well, it like I pinged in the group midway through the game that it felt like playing prime Barca because they were just like playing around us and like um, we did have the chances, we did not take them. Bruno had, I think, two really good chances, Garnacho had two good chances, and I and I totally you know want to give. Credit to Kaminsky for making those saves, but like as a striker, as a forward player, you need to be scoring those chances, right? And that did not happen. Um, Hoyland, I think, obviously, is has hit a purple patch, so that is great. The second goal that Hoyland scores, people th- people thought it was a deflection, but if you watch it in slow motion, he actually chests the ball into the goal. So that just shows how confident he is right now. Um, so, I think that is one positive. As far as negatives are concerned, there are many because the set-piece problem, I don't think it's going anywhere. Like, maybe not so much in this particular game, but in general, we haven't been really good with set-pieces. The midfield is so porous, it's like walking past a water curtain, if I can call it that. Like, people just pass through. It's like, you know, just score. Like, it, it is, it is that easy sometimes. And then, I mean, we, we are not the best when it comes to ending the games also. Um, you know, Post uh, the 60-minute mark, I, our players are so tired and Ten Hag refuses to make some substitution. I know RK and I have this uh, bone of contention around uh, Rashford, but I think it does come down to the manager to take him off if he's not performing well. Uh, and we have a lot of players who just refuse to track back when it matters. Rashford being one of them, Bruno at times does that as well. Scott McTominay, I don't know what he does. Uh, but there are a lot of holes in this team that needs to be filled. And that's why we feel that going forward, this is not sustainable and we'll end up losing.
3: Yeah, you know, those uh, talking of those off-the-ball problems, uh, one thing that struck me, I was reading about Casemiro was uh, in this season Premier League, He's yeah, the Casemiro. second highest player who's been uh, you know dribbled past per ninety. So the top of the list is Jensen from Brentford. Then it's Casemiro. Then it's I think Trent Alexander Arnold is also somewhere up there. He's been dribbled past two point six five times every ninety minutes. But probably you can expect that because he's a wing. He you know he's a wing back. He he has wingers who are constantly trying to get past him. But Casemiro is you know second highest on that list this season and. You know, that shows how isolated he sometimes gets, where he needs to make lunging tackles. It also shows how past his prime he has been in almost all the games, uh, you know, right through the season. And Bruno is also, you know, in that list. So Bruno gets dribbled past 1.92 times per 90. So he's also somewhere in the top bracket of people, you know, who, uh, you know, people are just running past. So it shows the kind of shape that United have of the ball i was uh, talking to you guys yesterday on the group and remarking that i see good patterns when we have the ball so for me the lack of control is not completely uh, you know something which is not being coached when like whenever we have players who put their foot down and try to pass like dalo or you have kobe Mainu, you know or or uh, you know garnacho when we, people want to pass around we see some good patterns developing uh, you know we saw it when lisandro was there but The problem is we have some players who, you know, are the Pareto of, you know, when you uh, like see the number of times we lose the ball, 80, 90% you will see Bruno, Rashford, Casemiro are the ones who, you know, keep losing the ball. So there are people who are, you know, obsessed about playing a direct style of football. And I think the problem with the manager is that he encourages that, you know, he encourages them to play direct style of football. So we don't know when to control the game And, 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 you know, once we lose the ball, I think that is the part where I am concerned about the coaching because the shape is bad, the organization is poor, players kind of drop deep, they are not close to players, you know, opposition players and we end up, you know, winning the ball back only in our own box. So, that's that's very concerning for me.
1: Yeah, All that I is mean... fine. All that is fine. Last four games, top of the league in the form table, Manchester United, right up there with Arsenal. Uh, well ahead of Spurs and uh, Aston Villa who are the direct competition for the top 4. So, if there are so many problems and this is how the results are coming in, I wonder how it will be when they actually start playing well.
2: Yeah, so I mean, uh, on that, this is the first time after the opening game of the season that we have had a GD of plus 1. <laughs> so, that just goes to show how well we have been playing and uh, also uh, we have matter. finally outscored doesn't Out, matter. I think, the,
0: I think the Invincibles so. had a goal difference of plus 15 or 20, if I if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, boom. yeah, That doesn't is matter that 15 you're plus times one right now. That's more
2: than what we have right now. Yeah, that's, anyway. that's,
0: that's how goal differences work. You multiply <laughs> them.
2: Uh, anyways, I, I just wanted to also touch base upon some of the uh, changes that have been happening behind the scenes. Um, I, I think we have spent. The best part, at least I spent the best part of last year discussing about the Glazer ownership, um, and everything. I th- I, th- I think um I think Ineos are definitely not, uh, being, you know, you know, beating around the bush with this. They we've seen a lot of, lot of uh news coming on with Dan Ashworth from Newcastle potentially being hired. Uh, Omer Berada from Man City already hired and then the Southampton guy whose name I now forget so it's something that we have been asking for ages to have like a proper structure in place um, it will hopefully sign uh, stop signings like fucking Anthony and like I don't know like Angel de Maria and like whatever um, so you're you, you really basically to able to find to two that...
0: signings from last four years imagine <laughs>
1: No, to be fair I can give you more I
2: can give you more like, you no, to be it's fair great. even assigning
1: like even assigning like um, uh, Casemiro, right like as good of a player he was and is and was last season he's probably not the kind of guy that you would imagine like a team who's building for the future who's just got a brand new coach um, he's not the kind of guy you would expect to sign as part in the start of a new project. Uh, so that's that's one type of signing perhaps that and even I'm waiting to see the proof of the pudding definite, the, the, definitely want to see how um, it pans out but you would imagine like the one like Ashwin mentioned I, I think Anthony is a, is a reflection of the extra responsibility and power that Ten Hag has in recruitment which also is a flaw and a defect. And the second thing is the reactionary kind of signings when things go bad, right? Like, which is what Casemiro ended up... I mean, he solved a lot of problems, but he was a reactionary kind of signing as well. So, uh, those two things are typically what you want to avoid when you have a good structure in place. So, they are good examples, I think, of the kind of season, kind of signings that we shouldn't see going forward for United.
2: And, and fucking Mason Mount, give us our money back, Swagat. Like, what's with that?
0: Goods once sold yeah. will not take not be taken back. Particularly if
1: they were. Especially if. Dude, what is what is what is up with him? Where is he?
2: Apparently, back in March, which means. Oh, he's, he's still injured. Okay. Next
1: By the way, not hearing a lot of chat from the Chelsea boys on uh, Kai Havertz seems to be doing some good stuff at Arsenal now, scoring some important goals, assisting. Uh, so yeah, suddenly everything's gone quiet in the whole Kai Havertz trolling.
0: There's, there's a reason why is, is Ab okay. isn't on the show <laughs> right
3: now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, if you search Havertz on the WhatsApp group, you won't find it from Up for a long, long time now. Otherwise, every Arsenal game, he would come and, you know, mention his name. But, uh, you know, Radha was talking about that winning streak and stuff. So, it's not all bad with United uh, as well. We have talked about all these youngsters coming through. I think that's a, you know, big positive the reason why we don't play well and still end up winning is because there are quality players in there who you know can be clinical on their day and score goals. So, we have seen that with Garnacho, we have seen that with Mainu, Hoilun. So, even you know I, I I don't like the way Raj is going at the moment but you know he's also capable of producing those at times. So, I mean you know that's the reason uh, why we have been able to win uh, like certain games. Whenever we put our foot down we have those 15 20 minute spells where we are also able to play well so you know it, it's not a completely uh, you know it, it's it's not completely bad news i i still believe that ten hag has the coaching ability to turn this around and maybe you know make us a better team but uh, they, they need to stop uh, harassing us and uh, you know uh, like all the heart attacks that they make us go through in a game so I, I i think that itself united fans will be highly having a lot of gratitude if they stop that
2: I think Mm. the other thing that is helping is obviously one game a week. Um, With the way Ten Hag wants us to play, if we were in Europa or Champions League or like whatever, or any cup competition, I think we would have lost more games in the league.
0: Okay. Talking of cup competition, Radhaji, the final awaits, Chelsea versus Liverpool the Carling slash EFL slash whatever cup it is now because it seems to change on a weekly basis um you do have some injuries as you mentioned but uh, I don't think anyone will say I'm jinxing if I say that Liverpool are still favorites to win this uh win this finally to take an out of our skin performance by Chelsea, something similar to what what we did against City like be there, stay in the game and potentially get lucky with a goal or two and that's the only way I see Chelsea winning this.
1: I think the City game is a good way for Chelsea to get into that um, final. Uh, It gives them the kind of belief that they can go toe-to-toe with a good team and potentially surprise them as well. Um, Everybody knows that they have the players and the talent so they can always come up with something on, on the day. They've not been doing so if the last experience of playing a good big team was the Liverpool game, I think that would have put them in a pretty negative spot because I think Liverpool were just utterly dominant uh, that day against uh, against Chelsea. Um, from our point of view, I think we're uh, the Arsenal result aside, not the result but the Arsenal performance aside, we have been playing well. Uh, we've scored uh, a lot of goals and we still have that attacking intent and attacking uh, like clinical attacking counter-attacking thing in us and Mo Salah coming back is huge so yeah I think we, we should be confident as well because we are playing well and I know we have injuries but uh, we still have a good uh, squad of players like I was saying earlier people are stepping in and doing the job um, Chelsea I think both teams will go into that final with a reasonable amount of confidence so hopefully it's a better game than some of the other finals that we've been seeing from these two teams and I'm happy of the, the 4-2 that we had. It was a great game to watch. Uh, I can't do another nil-nil shitty penalty shootout thing again. So, yeah, ho- hoping it's a good game. And uh, here's hoping for a Liverpool win. I, another reason why I want a Liverpool win, by the way, just sign off a, a trophy nice and early so that they can plan that postseason season uh, parade i don't care if it's if the carabao is the only thing that we win if they actually get a parade c- kind of situation done in klops last season i would definitely think of going so so yeah that's uh just get the carabao cup ticked off and announce the 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 parade as soon as you can
0: yeah um uh, and and Talking of the league, uh, Arsenal versus Newcastle seems to me to be an interesting game to look forward to. Newcastle, as we mentioned, have been blowing hot and cold, and but on their day, they can turn it on. And Arsenal coming into this with in this rich vein of form, um, another good challenge for Arsenal's title ambitions. If they come through this unscathed, I think you you would have to definitely consider them part of the race. And in the thick of things, basically, because Liverpool will obviously not be playing. So, at least on paper, you would see that the gap has reduced uh, between Liverpool and Arsenal. So, yeah. I think that's that's one of the games to look forward to.
3: Also, Everton, uh, are they going to face a, uh, you know, no-manager bounce? Hodgson has resigned. Mm. Yeah, I think this was... This was
0: coming. This has been a uh, rumor for some time now because he has obviously not been happy because the team has not been performing well. And I think he he was also taken ill uh, during b- before uh, the press conference. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Which is why the press conference actually did not take place. And apparently they tried to get Kieran McKenna from Ipswich. They couldn't get that done. So now they're talking to Oliver Glasner I think Ashwin might be more familiar with his work compared to us. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I personally feel that when Roy retired, the first time he should have just stayed retired and not put taken on this stress. Like Neil Warnock keeps retiring and unretiring every six months. So I, I think Roy should have just taken his flowers and gone home and relaxed a bit. But yeah, we'll see what Crystal Palace can come up with. Alright. Yeah, Moyes Um, is also not far from
3: the sack, so it's going to be an important weekend for West Ham too.
0: I I personally, I disagree with these calls for Moyes to be sacked by West Ham fans. I tend to think that they're getting a bit too entitled. Like, West Ham are still, what, 7th, 8th, 6th, something like that, consistently in the top half. They get to play in Europe. What more do West Ham fans want? when you compare the budget that they spend compared to the big six or the big seven or whatever uh, that number is now i mean any time west ham finish in the top half should be a happy moment for them
1: swag when you're 10th and even 9th looks great yeah i think the expectations yeah. are slightly different from they are from the West Ham fans. Uh,
0: it's compared to the Chelsea To be ones. fair, it's
1: not. It's not just their current position. It's if if you guys remember, they were pushing fifth, right? At at one stage. So it's the downward trajectory. I think that they're they're on that is causing a lot of unrest. And I think a lot West Ham fans have shown many many times in the past that they are a little a little crazy, little lali guy, uh, If you, if I if I would say so, um, in the in the EPL, there are uh, like always complaining about something or the other. Um, but yeah, uh, it's still a, there's like I mentioned at the start of the season, there is a lot of unrest there between the manager and the sporting director. And there's like a clash of styles and things like that. He's not signed a new contract. It's not very often where you where you plan for the future and you have a guy whose contract is running out in two, three months, right? So that's another ticking time bomb there. So, yeah, if they, a couple of more losses and I'm with RK, I think he's under pressure for many reasons apart from just the performance uh, on the field and the position in the table. Uh, but Eddie Howe is another one. Uh, they're there or thereabouts right with West Ham as well, right? So, I think if, if West Ham are ninth, I think Newcastle are just a point or two ahead of them. So, that's another one to look oh, yeah. out for.
2: And Co- Vincent Company as well. I think he is he, probably I, I don't
0: think he gets sacked. I think this they have this thing of it's a long-term project and unlike Potter, who we gave a six and a half years contract, um, Burnley seemed comfortable that, okay, even if we go down, this is the way we want to play. But I don't see any pragmatism from Vincent Company, but yeah, I don't see any threats over him as well. But yeah. You know, Chris,
3: Chris Wilder is, I think, at risk because he... I, I if i remember correctly just got appointed but some of the defending against uh, brighton oh my god i can't imagine that they you know they are really having much coaching at the moment
0: yeah, and Wilder had this wild moment where he, in a press conference, apparently accused a linesman of eating a sandwich while talking to him, and he said that this, that no Premier League manager should have to face this level of disrespect. So obviously he's he's not happy where his team are headed, which is obviously the Championship.
1: I was just checking. I was just checking the odds. So yeah, all the names that we talked about are there. So number one is of course David Moyes, Vincent Kompany is next. Wilder is next. Eddie Howe is. Before Eddie Howe comes up, there's one more name, quite surprising, Pochettino. Mm. Interesting.
0: Comes to the turf, I guess. I mean, as long as you're employed by Chelsea and your name is not Emma Hayes, you're always up for the up for the chopping block, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, We'll see who is the next domino to fall after Roy Hodgson. Uh, but uh, for the time being, I think we'll close this episode here, listeners. And uh, when we see each other next time. Radhaji or me, one of us would be really happy. We'll see who that one is on that note. Bye-bye!